Hey friends, welcome to the brand new Rutgers Chi Alpha podcast. Here's a small recording from our recent Monday Night Live meeting. Hope you enjoy. Sweet. So, hey, welcome everybody. Welcome to week number five of Pandemic College, right? I mean, who knew that this was going to last this, this long? But uh, trust that God's, you know, been bringing us along. It's definitely has been challenging, hasn't it been a little bit? Yeah. I mean, every class is in your room, and you know that could be that could be a little boring. Well, it's really good to see everybody. A little commercial, uh, as Andrew had said, we do meet weekly, also in life in life groups, which is really means where it really means to be part of Chi Alpha, I believe. You know, this is really where the real DNA. And a little shout out to the the greatest and the best life group out there it's the thursday night guys group the girls group no it's the thursday night guys group i don't know i don't have any idea what you're talking because you know with with padilla and prasad and justin and akil i mean last week was just absolutely the bomb so tonight we are with um the nelly and ellie show and we're discussing really the third part of our jesus friends and mission mission kaiatha really nationally i don't know whether you knew this or not but is but is really deeply passionate about seeing um, the world one to Christ. I think it's that's really our real DNA. And by that, we send, Kaiapha nationally sends thousands of college students really all over the world in just every major field to serve, either for a short term, long term. We say about pray, give a year or pray about a lifetime. So think about you know giving a year to missions or praying about giving your life to missions. This coming January, actually, we were going to have this thing called the World Mission Summit, which is a little thing uh, about 9,000 crazy college students spend a couple of days praying for the nations. Of course, COVID's kind of pushed that back a little bit, but uh, we're going to hear a lot about um, in the upcoming year, this statement called We Live Missions. And so, because we live missions, this is what Kaiapa's focus is, we live missions it's not just something really that we do or we go on, but it's really in us as followers of Christ to live out the commands and obey Jesus. You know, that's what's, what we're really partnering him with what he's doing in really in his mission. And so the campaign really is to inspire, to give us an idea of what our lives can do and, and will matter around the world, to equip and connect every student really to God's strategic um, role in God's global plan, you know, plan. We want to know what God, what our role is in, in God's plan. There's this guy, a Scottish missionary by the name of John Getty, and he was a pastor sent from Nova, Nova Scotia to Antibium, and he was there for 24 years. And this missionary, it, it was said of him that when he landed on this island, in 1848, um, that's almost as old as Elizabeth is because she just had a birthday. I think she was around during that. I don't know, if, Elizabeth. You can probably tell us about this, what, what your experience with him. But there was, it was said of him that when he arrived, there were no Christians, and when he left, there were no heathens. Wow. So for 24 years, he really gave us. He gave the light to an unreached, unreached peoples group. So today we have some amazing individuals on this call. We have Nelly uh, San Juan. Ta-da! Yep, and the Ellie Tastic Alvarez. We're gonna give it a, there's a big round of applause going on. And we're gonna discuss missions. So tonight, tonight really is officially called the Nelly and Ellie Show. 
So, uh, all right, Ellie, we're going to put you on the spot right here. And so we're going to discuss tonight the mission part of Jesus' mission. What is Chi Alpha's mission to the campus? All right, you're, you're, on, you're on the spot there. <laughs> so, Brian, since you asked, oh, okay. the, um, Chi Alpha's mission on campus is to reconcile students to Christ, equipping them through spirit-filled communities of prayer, worship, fellowship, discipline, discipleship, and missions Yay. to transform the university, the marketplace, and the world. Ooh, that's the mission. <laughs> I'm in shock. Like, wow. All right. Okay. So you just, you brought your A game here tonight, LA. You know, so that's really, really cool. So Nellie, um, now before uh, Chi Alpha, before XA was re-pioneered at Rutgers, we met back in 2014, 14. right? Yeah. So, and actually we prayer walked Rutgers and I didn't even know anything about anything where, where the parts of the school was, but, um, and that was actually the year that I actually met Elizabeth. Um, so I don't know how old she was back in 2014, but we met uh, that before she became a freshman. At that point, there was no organization. There was nothing uh, really going on with Chi Alpha on the campus. So if you say that you've had a burden for college students, you've had a burden for um, this university, some, so some, of the, some of the best people in the world are really on, the, on this call right here. So tell me, where and when did Jesus become real to you? So what, right. what, kind of what's your story? Yeah, so so it was in college, actually. Oh. I'm from Colombia, and I came here to the U.S. Uh, to study bio and chem. Uh, so when, at that time, um, there were very few Spanish-speaking uh, college students okay. in my, in my um, school where I was studying. And um, so I, I didn't understand the, the, the American culture. I didn't speak the language that much. So I felt very isolated. Uh, you know, like I didn't belong here, and yet I had to perform because my parents had spent so much money sending okay. me here to the U.S. And God, to God be the glory, um, he set up a, a, a chapter similar to Chi Alpha in my college, and it was about these believers who were reaching out, these volunteers like yourself, like Elizabeth, volunteers reaching out to college students and sharing with them the gospel. And so it was through their ministry that I came to know about this Jesus who could be personal and a Jesus who wanted to love me. And actually these people in this group, very much like yourselves, show me a type of love that was not dependent on my performance. It was not dependent on what I gave back to them. It was just the love of Jesus uh, emanating through that. So I want to shout out to you as the Chi Alpha because you are demonstrating the love of Jesus. Uh, to, to, to the students that are coming into the group. And for me, as a foreign, foreigner with no friends, uh, feeling really isolated, this meant a lot. So, yeah, so that's how I came to know the Lord. All right, so, so you're telling right. me, like, you are actually, you, you found Jesus in college. Yes. Okay, so you're an authentic um, international student. Yeah. And you were born in another country. You came here to go to college. And like, because in Kayaf, we have a lot of people that are born in a lot of different countries, but yeah. there's not many of us that are from that country coming coming right in here. But wow. So it was actually, I don't know whether you knew this, that the former president of the United Nations said this, that the university campus is the most strategic mission field in, in the world. Yeah. So, and I think that these four years, they kind of represent um, a time that we're really kind of discovering ourselves and the truth is that we're discovering truth in the midst of a changing culture 
and changing morals and all of those kinds of things. So as I said earlier, today we're discussing the third part of the Jesus Friends admission, real responsibility, the university, the marketplace, and the world. So um, Nellie, what are your thoughts when it comes to uh, missions or missions? Yeah, so I mean, obviously I was impacted by a, a, a group uh, a group like Chi Alpha in my college. So I right. saw missions firsthand because that's how I came to know the Lord. Wow. So, uh, so, that, so, so I saw what the, the impact of, of these volunteers had on the life of people. Right. And then when I uh, went to my church, there were uh, the, my small group leader uh, and his wife were preparing to become full-time, lifetime missionaries okay. to a country outside of, uh, of the U.S. And I just couldn't unfathom anybody wanting to leave the U.S. I have come from a developing country. I knew all the limitations uh, of, of living in a country like that. Why would you want to leave the U.S.? What was it that was driving these individuals to want to leave behind all these comforts? And so, um, so it was gradual that God just kind of brought me into a position in which says, okay, you're ready to, to go beyond just being my child. You're now ready for your next stage of maturity in your walk. And so he started putting in me the desire to go on a mission trip. Really? And, um, and so that's the story of how I became interested in mission. Right, so from Columbia, come to the United States, now you want to go on a mission trip. Now I want to, exactly. Okay. So, but this is all God putting these desires inside of me because I wanted to get to know him better. Okay. And so he, um, so when I would come back from these trips, I would come back so fulfilled, like with a sense of purpose, like, like my, like my life really matter. Like it was just more than the, 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 the get up, study, do, you know, get good grades or get up, work, go to bed, you know, kind of mentality. It was, I was coming back from these trips, like I'm, I have, I have made a difference yeah. in people's lives. Yeah. And that was that, and then I began to understand why my, my, my small group leaders were so driven yeah. to become missionaries. It's because in them, there was this, this fulfillment that they were getting from doing, from doing this work. Yeah. And so I started to think about why would, why, why, why is that? Why yeah. is that? And, and, and I came across verses in the scripture that speak to that topic. So the first one is in Ephesians 2.10, right? He says, we are his workmanship, meaning we are his masterpiece, right? He has created us in Christ to do good works, which he planned for us in advance for us to do. And what that means to me is that God not only just planned for us to become his children, but also had a, a plan for us to be fulfilled, to reach our okay. fullest potential. That's good. That's good. And so, so when, I, when I moved into obeying him in the area that he wanted to me, it was also to fulfill the purpose for which he had created. Come on me. now. Come on now. All right. So, so, so when I, I obey him and I go into mission, I am not only achieving his goal of reaching the world through me, but also reaching a fulfillment for my own life. And, and, and that is what we all long for, right? Why am I here on earth for? Why do I exist? Mm -hmm. And it's in, in, in submitting to God and, and doing the, his will where you, where you come to understand 
what is it that you have lived for? A second verse that just really has ministered to me is in, in, uh, in John 15, uh, and that's 15 and 16. And it's about how we, um, it says, I will no longer call you servants because the servant does not know the master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. And basically what he's saying is, I'm not, I, you're no longer just out on the side. I am bringing you alongside with me. You are gonna be my partner. You and I are going to reach out the world. I am going to work through you. And so uh, now working with Jesus on the side is very daunting. And, and I feel like many times like I am the child playing chopsticks on the, on the piano and he's sitting right next to me. We can play that right now if there's a piano in this room. There's not. But, yeah. Right. <laughs> so he comes alongside and he sits next to me and he weaves this amazing harmony behind okay. it. Great. And together we put this music that is beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so what that is, is, you know, he just uses me to, to speak words of life into a person's life, to come alongside and help them. Uh, to be arms around them, like to, with the children, to hug them and care for them. And I come back knowing that I have impacted those lives, but it was because Jesus had already begun to work in them and was fulfilling that. So, so I do my little piece, but he does the, the major part, right? Paul talks about one planting, another one watering, but God giving the increase. So it's, it's that feeling when you are when you are working with him on mission, you have a very tangible sensation of his work, of you working with him. And, and that's a different relationship than when you first come to know the Lord and you're experiencing his salvation. It's beautiful. But the next level of relationship is when you are a partner with him. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I like that word partner because I don't know that we, you know, sometimes we just think that we're going to go on a missions trip, but to think, that you're actually partnering with the Lord and doing something, yeah. whether it's locally or around the world, is interesting. All right, so Ellie, we're gonna put you back on the spot here. Um, and actually, you guys know each other outside of, of Kayapa. <laughs> and I, even, I understand that you have some experience in short-term uh, mission trips and also as a student missionary right here at Gerald Rutgers. Mm -hmm. So what perspective, what experience do you think that you bring when it comes to, um, when it comes to missions? What, what's your thought? Right. Well, one verse that definitely sticks out to me is um, Mark sixteen fifteen, Okay. And it's when Jesus gives the Great Commission and he says, go into the world and preach the good news to everyone, um, all, to all creation. And um, this is really important when it comes to missions. Um, so a little bit about myself. Okay. Um, I began to know Jesus personally when I was in seventh grade. And from there, that's when I began to live my life daily for him. And after some time of developing this relationship um, with him, I knew that he was calling me for more mm -hmm. and to do more for his kingdom, to make a difference in the world and to tell others about him and to tell them about his love for them. And um, I just began serving in my local community and telling friends at school about Jesus. And then... <laughs> What a good high school, <laughs> elementary school, whenever this was, dude, like, you're going to school and you're going to tell people about Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, that's what we're called to do. Um, but then in 2015, um, so going into my freshman year of okay. high school, 
Um, I went on my first overseas um, missions trip to okay. Antigua um, with a group from my church. And um, there we worked with a local church and we like rebuilt their nursery and um, worked with the children. And our main focus was to tell the children about Jesus. Right. And um, I was actually the youngest person on, really? on the whole trip okay. out of the whole um, missions team. But um, as First Timothy 4.12 says, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. All right. You're going to have to turn up the air conditioning here because this girl's on fire. <laughs> yes. So anyway, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no, but I really, that's what I held with me throughout the whole trip because okay. I didn't want to look down on myself because I was younger and that's I really knew important. that God um, could still use me no matter what. And and telling the children about this love, I again, I carried this with me. And I was really just in awe of everything that he did throughout that week and um, just submitting to him and seeing um, what came out of it and how much he was able to use me um, and the whole team, really. Um, but after this trip, um, God really put it on my heart to continue to go on missions, trips, like every opportunity um, that I got. So two years later, it was the summer of 2017, okay. and my church announced that uh, announced that they would be going to Dominican Republic, and I'm pretty sure I was the first one to sign up for this trip because okay, I was just... Okay, so you're the youngest, you're the first one to sign up, like, <laughs> I was just so excited to, like, go back um, in this missions field, and um, yeah, so I was very passionate about it, so... Um, but in DR, we worked with a local clinic there, and okay. we served um, the children who were diagnosed with HIV or AIDS. Wow. Um, and these children were ostracized from the rest of their society. Um, so we really went there to show them love and um, minister to them in that way. And we brought a team of um, doctors who were specialized, and were, they were able to provide medical care to the children. And then again, um, as Nellie knows, she was also on this oh, mission okay. trip as well. Um, God did a really great work there, and um, he was able to use each of us as instruments of his love to these children and their families. Um, so after the first trip, um, we went back a few summers in a row, actually, and God was really faithful throughout those three years that we were there. And the work that he did was just truly amazing in every way. And the majority of the kids came to know Christ and they accepted him as their Lord and Savior. And they began serving him with their lives as well. And it was just so encouraging to witness that and um, the hope that they were filled with, they were living it out. And not only that, but God began to transform and heal their bodies as well. And um, just the from the first year, the children's health progressively started to get better. And that was just a testament again to what God can do and he can heal us physically. Um, he can heal our hearts, transform our lives. And it's all again for his glory. And this really is um, at the heart of missions um, to see lives transformed and to see people come to know him. Uh, <laughs> I'm just like, I'm speechless, Ellie. Um, that's absolutely fantastic and awesome. And I mean, we are passionate about missions, but I can see that you, you carry the fire and the burden of missions, both of you, really, inside of your hearts. And right now, um, well, maybe not right now because of the pandemic, but as I said before, Catholic is thousands of people serving all over the world. And we usually go on a mission trip every year, one or 
one or two, and there's lots of great opportunities to use our degrees. Now, um, Kayafa, like we've rebuilt a house in Puerto Rico and in, we built a house in Mexico. We were actually going back to Mexico last March when COVID hit, as you, as you know, we served homeless in New York City. And even this past um, weekend, we were in, not we, but we were in New Brunswick, Kayafa was in New Brunswick with the, with the homeless. And I personally, I've been to Ecuador and Peru. Um, uh, I've been to India. Uh, a couple of times and several other countries. But Ellie, you know, getting outside of your comfort zone, right? I think it'd be a little difficult, like, oh, I'm gonna go to a foreign country, I gotta get a passport, this is gonna be crazy. Um, what's your why of doing this and getting outside of your comfort zone of going to another country? Yeah, definitely. When it comes to missions, um, getting out of our comfort zone is a key aspect and it's very important um, right. in terms of serving God in this way. And God never said it would be easy, but he said that when he calls us to it, he promises to be there with us um, through it every step of the way. And stepping into missions, you really have to allow God to stretch you in this way. Um, and you learn that you can't serve on your own strength, but um, you need God in service. And it's definitely a humbling experience. Um, one instance where I got out of my comfort zone um, was going to DR um, because when I went to Antigua, my first mission trip, all the children there spoke English, so it was really easy um, to speak to them and to develop a relationship with them and to tell them about Jesus. Um, but then when we went to DR, all the kids spoke Spanish, um, which is cool, but I don't speak Spanish, and as a woman of Hispanic descent, I'm Puerto Rican and Cuban. Are, what? Are you allowed? Is that even legal? You're speaking Spanish? I know. It's very, very unfortunate. Oh, okay. Um, okay. But yeah, I agree. But um, so a few days into the first trip in DR, um, it was really hard for me not being able to speak to the children yeah. and to constantly need a translator. That is really rough. Yeah. Um, and I internalized this because, again, I should be able to speak the language. Um, and I remember being so frustrated and mm -hmm. thinking that, like, God couldn't possibly use me because of this inability of mine. Um, and I think it's important to remember um, that like we shouldn't let things that make us uncomfortable stop us from serving God and living out the mission that he's called us to. Um, and it really involves a step of faith and we really need to trust God. And um, that's very key. And something that I learned was that when we are unable, he is able. And um, what he did was really show me the power of his love and um, this type of love has no language. So. I could speak it. Um, and, That's right. We all can speak it. Um, yes, we all can speak it. And that was the way that I communicated with the children was being able to love them in this way. And going back to the why, for me, the why has to do with exactly this. It is with this love. And I've experienced um, the love of Christ in my own life. Nellie was just telling us how she's experienced it. And I really wanted others to know and experience God in the same way. And um, in Matthew 25, Jesus uses a parable and he says um, that when you see, that when we see the hunger and we feed them or the thirsty and we give them something to drink or the naked and we give them clothing, he says that truly I tell you, when you did it for the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it for me. 
And this goes back to serving Jesus um, and having this kingdom perspective in mind whenever um, we're doing something. And really just serving others in love, we're sharing his love with them. And it's so important to remember that. And it's really humbling knowing that the glory goes back to him. It's not me, it's not in any of my accomplishments, but it's truly all for him. Wow, that's, you know, that's absolutely amazing. I mean, you had said, you know, the outside of your comfort zone mm -hmm. and going to the DR and not speaking, not speaking Spanish. So you don't have something in common, not speaking <laughs> Spanish either. I mean, that yeah. probably is shocking to you, but you know, like I don't. But years ago, uh, I was leading a team. We were in Mexico. We were in Chihuahua, um, Chihuahua Mexico, Mexico. <laughs> which is about 11 hours uh, south of Texas. And we're on this mission trip. I got about 22 college students, or high school students, actually with me. And none of them spoke Spanish, right? Mm -hmm. But we had trained everyone. We were reading off of these cards, mm -hmm. like the plan of salvation, as you know, American kids trying to read Aww. Spanish. It was terrible. <laughs> A thousand people got saved during wow. the seven days that we were in Mexico. Wow, glory wow. to God. You know, so we so think that sometimes the stumbling blocks, yeah. same thing with money. I've gone on mission trips that are a couple of thousand, a thousand dollars. We have not seen anybody really ever not raise the money. So I'd like some of these stumbling blocks and these difficulties. So Nellie, um, same question to you. Uh, how has this realization like, you know, really kind of changed the way that you live? That I live. So, yeah. so being a partner with God, right? right. Okay. So, so I'm always on the lookout to see where he's working and what doors is opening for me. Okay, that's really good. And so, uh, so I'll give you a couple of examples. Uh, one is uh, uh, five years ago, I, I met a pastor who is working in Colombia, which is where, where I'm from, uh, in a Teen Challenge-like kind of setup. He, he went there because David Wilkerson, uh, if you remember him right. from the uh, Cross yeah, uh, the God, yes, um, he kind of discipled him and sent him there. And okay. now, 20 years later, he has a beautiful ministry there. And I happened to meet this pastor in New York City, and he said, Come and see. Okay. Come and see. And I started to pray about it and said, Okay, God, do you want me to go? And this is five years back. And today, yes. ask God, the Lord of the God, Harvest, whether the Lord, he wants you to go. Yeah. Right. And the, the, the first thing that I want to say is that our call is very tailored to each one of us. Mm -hmm. He's not going to be asking Brian or Ellie to go to Colombia and do the same work that I'm doing. He had work planned for me before, the, before time began mm -hmm. for me to do that is very tailored to Nellie. Mm -hmm. And that's what he did, right? So when I got there, I fell in love with this ministry because mm -hmm. he, was he had made a generic mark in me that that was the kind of ministry that was going to drive me to being fulfilled and being able to contribute. And so that's one area. The second one is the doors that he opens for me. And one of the doors is to open is to Kayafa. Brian came over to our church. He shared the work that was going on. And I think we spent at least an hour, if not just talking about what you were seeing in, in, uh, in the lives of the, of the college students. And I just got so excited. I asked you if I could come. And you said yes. So you opened up a door for me. And to me, the dream of going again to work with uh, college students that were coming from outside of the U.S., the, for the forestry just began to again kind of rebirth in me 
this desire to minister to this kind of, of, of student population. And in my, in, in my thought is, uh, what an amazing opportunity, right? These kids are gonna come here to the US, they are going to be influenced for the gospel, and they're going to go back to their, to their countries and influence societies that I would never be able to touch myself directly. So what a returning investment that would be, right? So hearing, hearing what God is, is saying, you know, just kind of putting my ear to the ground and saying, okay, God, what, where do you, what do you want to see me? What do you want me to see from you? And also walking through the door of opportunity, right? When he opens that door, just walking through it and see, okay, God, what, what do you have for me here? And what I see is that when, when that door is opened by him, there is a warmth in my heart, a, a, a response of love that does, just works up in my heart. And I know then that that's him putting that passion in my heart. Yeah, that's really beautiful. Um, I mean, regarding that specific call, I remember it was a couple of years ago, it was at the World Mission Summit. It was there with Elizabeth, actually. Um, can't remember what year she was, whether she was a sophomore or something like that. And, but uh, I felt uh, called really to go to India. And I had been there before, but I didn't know that just 13 months later, I was going to be going again. And the that next time I went, I just fell in love with the whole country. My, my heart was broken for the people. What other people saw was a mess, roads, uh, a mess, you know, cows everywhere, um, you know, roads under construction. I just saw it was absolutely beautiful. And I really felt like that God had placed a burden on me and, it's very specific, I think, sometimes. Yeah. But just that willingness and, and be able to go. So, you know, uh, Nelly, give us one more thing, okay? I'm going to ask you one more thing. What would be your plea? What would be your understanding or final thought when it comes to mission, real responsibility for us that are on a Zoom call tonight? Yeah, so thanks. Thanks, Ryan. So what I want to say is um, we the moment that we are born again, he has called us into partnership with him. And, and, and uh, it's, it's a journey of discovering what that is. And I ask each one of you just to persevere, stay, stay the course and, and ask God, where, how does he want you to partner with him? And uh, in, uh, in, in this, there's a verse in 1 Corinthians, and it's 2 9, and I'm gonna say it uh, because I think it's just so beautiful. He says, no, I have seen, no ear has heard, and no, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. And just think about that as, as the realization of your life, of when you, when you face against the Lord and you are able to say, yeah, whenever he called me, I, I answered. Whenever he opened a door, I walked through it. And you will find that you would re realize um, you will have a realized life, a fulfilled life. Um, I have gone in many, many mission trips, and uh, I'm so thankful. I just feel this joy and the delight of God in my life uh, because I have uh, heard His call, and I am I'm following uh, on on where He asked me to do. Right, well, that's awesome. Um, we want to be people that are willing to go, and we also want to be people that will help partner in sending other people around the world to, to see the gospel go, you know, global. Mm -hmm. So we're going to go into some breakout uh, uh, rooms here. We've got a couple of questions. When we say mission, real responsibility, 
what are your thoughts regarding having a real authentic relate responsibility with the gospel? That's question number one. Question number two, Neri Shell, Neri, Neri, is that your new name? Or is it Nelly Sanguin? But she shared two scripture verses, uh, one in Ephesians 2.10 and John 15. So how do you feel that those translate? What's your effect about thinking and talking about missions with those two scriptures? And the last question is this, if the opportunity to serve locally or globally around the world, would you go? And if so, if you would go, where have you been or what was your what was your experience? All right, so we're back to you, Andrew. If you're encouraged by this message, be sure to follow us on Spotify and share it with your friends. We truly want to see the name of Jesus lifted at Rutgers. To learn more about Chi Alpha, including our gathering times and weekly life groups, visit us online at RutgersChiAlpha.com or hit us up on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks again for listening and have a blessed day.